Happy Sabbath, church family. Let me say it again. It sounded good, but I want to hear it again. Happy Sabbath, church family. So good to see you. I want to thank our dear sister for that song with all my heart. I mean, that's such a powerful message. That's how God wants us to serve him, right? With every single thing. And when you love him, guess what? That's how you want to serve him. That's how you want to live for him, with all your heart. Um, again, let me just um, welcome everyone who is here today and those who are joining us online. I want to truly thank you uh, for being here. And um, You need to know if you're visiting here today that you are loved by this church family. And this church family would like to, at some point, move your status from a visitor to a disciple, a member who joins us in the work of God. Amen? Amen. All right. Um, I do know, as a church family, we do have some of our members and some of our friends who are really uh, going through a tough time of grief. And I know this week I've spoken to a number of you and I've been spending time praying with you and for you. Uh, Sister Bev, I met Sister Bev this morning. Hallelujah. Sister Bev, just know that, wave your hand at us, Sister Bev. She hasn't been to church in quite a while because of the pandemic, of course, and Otherwise, but she's here today, and uh, she needs our prayers. Sister Treva, of course, as mentioned, Sister Wilson, as well. Sister? Sister Yvette, right, right. Sister Yvette as well. So many in our family who are suffering from uh, intense grief, but just know that God provides an answer to that. He provides help for that. Amen. And the help is his divine comfort. And so let's be praying for these, our members, for God to just shower his comfort upon them during this time. Let's bow our heads as we get into the word of the Lord. Father, thank you. Thank you for the joy of just knowing you and and, and being here. Uh, today. We are here to worship you. We are here to express to you how much we love and adore you. And above that, today, day that you have asked us to remember. And so we gather together to celebrate, to reflect upon your sacrifice that you have blessed mankind with, and that is the life of your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. So today, we ask, Lord, that you just rain down upon us, your Holy Spirit, and may the worship experience continue in your word. Father, I give you all that I am. I ask that you use me as you choose. Speak to my heart, to your people, and to me as well, and I Father, you know the needs in this sanctuary today. And the needs 
of those who are watching online. I pray that you'll speak to everyone's heart and give us what you desire for us to receive today. May it be powerful, may it, may it draw us close to you, and may, may it, Father, fill us with that hope of eternity. Thank you for what you're about to do in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've been looking at the fruits of the Spirit. And I just want to remind the church that God is interested in making mature disciples. That's what he's interested in. He's not interested in maintaining a surface level relationship with himself. He wants to stretch us. Just like how he stretched Paul. Remember Paul? Just like how he stretched Peter. He wants to take us from one place and move us to the next place. Whereby we are so connected with him. We will end up doing powerful things for his kingdom. And so God wants to grow us. He wants to mature our relationship with himself. That's what he's about. And so therefore, church is about that. If what you were a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago, you're at the same spot, something is wrong. If when we examine how Jesus, when he spent time with people, just like he did with his disciples, and then you can see the effects of that relationship. You can see the change. It's, it, it's like a complete transformation. And you see the results, the fruits of that relationship. We are the fruits. Amen? God has blessed, blessed us so much in these times from the rich heritage that he has given to us. Today, I just want to focus just for a short period of time on the fruit of the Spirit when it comes to faith. I know we've been journeying through Galatians 5.22 and the reason why we've been doing that it's because it's not just about the prophetic messages within Scripture. It's not just about present truth. All of those things are so important. But if there's no present relationship, forget the present truth. Are you with me? That means we're giving information, we're not giving Jesus. That is the most important thing, and so... God is interested in that, and so as we look at how he grows people, he gives people what they need so they can become like him. We have talked about some of them already. He gives people the, the fruit of what? Long-suffering. All right? Because that's how Jesus is. And so today, we're going to focus on faith. When you think of the word faith, what comes to your mind? Trust. What else? Believe. 
there are two things I just want to look at real briefly today. And that faith, number one, is a divine perspective. It's a what? A divine perspective. Turn in your Bible with me. To the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews chapter 1. Chapter 11, sorry. Verse 1. Let me know when you're there. All right. Book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the what? Of things hoped for. The evidence of things. The evidence. So, so therefore, you know for sure that something is real, but you can't see it. How can you do that? You can't see it, but you know it's for real. That's the divine perspective. In other words, I can see so many things in this world today. Those are temporal. Those don't last forever. What I can see in this world. However, the things that I can't see, but I know it's there, those are eternal. And so what is that? In other words, we're going to step through this uh, so, so therefore, it's a divine perspective. It's not of the things of this world that we can physically see. There's something else out there that's just as real, but we can't see it, and we know that it can do amazing things. Paul is, is continuing the narrative when you go to verse 6. Watch this, same text, but verse 6. So it's things unseen. What are those things that are unseen? Paul now says, for whoever would draw near to who? To God. Must believe that he is, he exists, and that he rewards those who? Who diligently? So in other words, in other words, to see the things that are unseen, so to speak, those things are of God. Those things are things that help us to know that God exists and he is real and present in this life today. I grew up enjoying life as a child. I don't know anyone who have shared with me their childhood experience that is better than mine. I believe I had so much fun as a child growing up. Every day was just amazing. You know when you can't wait to get up in the morning? That's what I was experiencing, just growing up as a child. And I remember just enjoying the things of this planet, but never considered who made me. Never considered uh, where did I come from outside of, you know, my mother's womb. Never really considered that there was a heavenly father up there who created this planet. 
but he was leading me to that height, to that vision, so to speak. I remember how God came into the life of my family through my grandmother, worked on her heart, and she started study the Bible and learn more about this God. Then my mother, my mother, she saw what was happening in her mother's life, how this Bible started to change her and she had a different perspective now about life. She saw that and guess what? She followed the same path. My father did the same thing. Watch both of them. Follow the same path. I watched the entire change of my family as they started to research those things that are unseen but are present. And that's what God can do for us. God is the person who is unseen in this world, but he's there. And we need to know that this God loves us so much. No matter how much you have done in life that you think you may have gone too far. That is not God's perspective. He's willing to save to the uttermost. And who is this God? When you begin to study the word of God, the word of God helps you to see what he's about. It describes to us the things that he loves. It describes to us how, to what extent he would go to make sure you would spend eternal life with him. The Bible expressed to humanity what faith is all about. It's all about coming to know this God that we can't see physically, but we know he's present. Amen. Are you with me? I remember a story with Jesus. You can go to Mark, Matthew 8. You remember the centurion? He met Jesus. He saw him doing his miracles. And you know what? He went to him one day because he had a need. And look at what Jesus said about this centurion. Go to Matthew 8. Matthew chapter 8. Verse, let's begin with verse 5. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is what? Lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will what? You don't need to actually go to my house. I know who you are. All you got to do is just speak it. You created, listen, you created the world by just speaking. So sure enough, you can heal my servant. And now watch this. For I am also... For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he what? And to my servants, do this, 
And he does it. When Jesus heard this, that you don't have to see me in the act, healing a person. You can just rest assured, because you know who I am, you will do, and you will answer my request. Jesus said to him, when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said, to those who follow, assuredly I say to you, I have not found such what? Such what? Great faith. Not even in Israel. I don't have to see you doing it. Because I know who you are. And I can just trust you that you will answer my request. I know who you are. Faith is about knowing who is. And if you know that he exists and who he is, listen, we can all put our trust in that. Are you with me? God is, is capable of doing the impossible. But the fact is, he is supreme. And if he choose, if he choose not to, that doesn't mean that he's not capable. It means that he's acting in some kind of wisdom that we do not know. But that's okay. Are you with me? Because of who he is, we can put our full trust in God. Faith is believing who God is, that he exists, that he loves us, and that he can do far and beyond what we even ask or what? Imagine. Faith is also a, a daily perspective. You see, the world, living in this world, we think of paying our light bills, all right? We think of going to work. Come on, y'all. We think of cooking our dinner or lunch or whatever, making sure we eat. All right? And I can go on and on. There are daily activities that we do, but they're all temporal. But guess what? There is something that God does. And when we turn our eyes upon what he has done for us, I believe it's the reason why in the scriptures faith is connected to salvation. It is. A lot of times we connect faith with miracles, right? We, we want God to do something amazing, and so we say, hey, listen, let's trust him for that. And maturity comes, as I said earlier, if it doesn't happen, we know that God is still in control. We know that. Some of us might even lose faith because of that. But the truth is like Shadrach, Meshach, like uh, Ashad, um, the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said to Nebuchadnezzar, hey, listen, if God doesn't even save us from this fire furnace, it's okay. We know him. And so even if he doesn't save us from this fire furnace, we're still not going to bow down to your statue. Amen? 
God is at work. But he's at work supremely when it comes to saving us for eternity. When I look at the scriptures when it comes to faith, faith is connected in such a powerful way with the righteousness of God. It is. I don't have the time to read it with you, uh, but if you go through Romans chapter 3, we might look at a few texts right now, but Romans chapter 3 is filled with that, how God connects faith with the righteousness of his son. Let me, let me just, let's just look at a few texts here uh, together. Let's uh, uh, go with me to Romans. So faith is a divine perspective. Uh, even a temporal father that exists. Uh, Romans chapter 1. Let's look at verse 17. Verse 17. Romans chapter 1 and verse 17. I'm going to read from verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the what? Power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jews first, the Jew first, and also for the, listen to this. For, the right, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from what? As it is written, the just shall live by? Now you see those words, just, and the word righteousness? Those two words are, are, are very profound to the Christian. The truth is God alone is just. He's the only one who is righteous. He's the only one upon this in this universe that has never done anything immoral. He has never told a lie. He's the only one that can, can, that can truly exemplify true purity. Are you with me? Anyone can come close to that? No. We are far from that. And so what God has done, he gave us his son, Jesus Christ. And what does that mean? When Jesus Christ came to this planet, he had a mission in mind. His goal in life was to live a life without any sin. Did he accomplish that? His second objective was to assume our sins. All right? Upon himself. And to pay the penalty for those sins. What is the penalty or the consequences for sin? Death. I want to add a I want to add something to that. The second death. You see, the second death means that is, that is actually the, 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 the consequences of sin. It means there's no hope of an eternal resurrection. No hope. It means after the second death, 
That is it. That person will not have an existence in this universe forever. And the, the person who took that upon himself was Jesus. Hallelujah. When we come and we face this table today and we experience all of what is involved in terms of his blood and his body, we must, we, we must always remember the cost. Jesus was willing to give eternity for himself so that mankind could have his eternity. Hallelujah! And it was because he did everything to satisfy the demands of God's righteousness that Galatians 1 verse 1, and you can read throughout, throughout the New Testament, you'll see that on the, the Bible says that the Father raised him from the dead on that third day. Galatians 1 verse 1. The Father raised him. After the Father saw that Jesus did not sin in any way or form and that he gave his life fully as a sacrifice for mankind, the Father raised him from the dead. That was the greatest victory given to any human being on this planet. Just what Jesus did. He did it for you. He did it for me. I tell you, what a perspective to live with. Knowing now that what Jesus gave mankind was his righteousness. In other words, I've accepted Jesus as my personal Savior and Lord. And because of that, I do that by faith. And because of that act, guess what? I am blessed with the righteousness of Christ. Meaning when God looked upon me, sure enough, this weak, feeble person that is, that is serving him with, with every strength that he gives me, when God looks upon me, he doesn't see Sean Harris and all of his past. Are you with me? He has chosen to look upon me first through the righteousness of his son. Hallelujah. If you are here today and you have never accepted Jesus, maybe you are watching online and you have never given your heart to Jesus, right now when God looks upon people without the righteousness of Christ, what he's seeing is a nakedness. A nakedness that is, going, that is going to eternal ruin. And that's why he's on the move. He's on the move in every family. Are you with me? He's on the move in every country. He's on the move in every community, every church, trying to make sure that everyone experiences righteousness of his son. Faith must first confront God's gift. Before we consider miracles and, and all these other things that's a part of faith, we must first confront our salvation, eternal salvation. And we can do that today 
by receiving Jesus Christ. And that is a daily experience. Do you know that? The Bible says Paul, Paul mentioned that he dies what? Daily. It's a daily experience of asking Jesus to give us this faith that will help us to have this perspective of who we are every single day. We are human beings clothed in his righteousness and having eternal, watch this, having eternity, I should say, in our grasp. I have that. Many of you do. I hope everybody here have a guarantee of eternity. That's, that's, that is in my heart. If you're here today and you have never given your heart to Jesus, I want to make sure that you have the opportunity to do that. On December 4th, what date? We'll be having another baptism. We have people who came to me at the end of the service last Sabbath. And they said, Pastor, I want to study and be baptized. Amen. We had someone who spoke to me today, a potential, another person who would like to be baptized, coming up soon. Amen. But I don't want to miss out on anyone. Are you with me? Amen. And so there's two things I want to ask today. Yes, if you haven't given your heart to Jesus Christ today, I'm going to invite you to stand. If you'd like to say, Jesus, bless me with your righteousness. Forgive me of my sins and give me a hope of eternity. I'm going to invite you to stand. Also, if you're here today and you'd like to say, Jesus, we have been friends, right? I'm your child and I want a deep relationship with you. Maybe there's things in my life that are not right. I want to make it right with you today. And I'm asking you that you bless me with the faith, the measure of faith that will help me today. I don't know where you are today. I just know that I'm a child of the king, but I still want a deeper experience with him each and every day, right? I'm going to invite you to stand. You, you, you want a deeper experience with God, but, but maybe you're here today as well. You want to say, God, I'm coming to you. I'm accepting you as Lord and Savior. If, if you have made a stand for Jesus, and to accept him as Lord and Savior, I invite you. You know how to do it. You can talk to me after service. I'll be so happy, along with other folks within this church, to work with you and to prepare you for the next baptism on December 5th. Maybe you're here today and you have family members who you know need to come to the Lord. I'm going to ask you to start praying for them. Maybe continue to pray for them. We need them here, amen? And maybe you 
I had someone before I pray here, someone who said, you know, Pastor, 8, 8.30 on a Sabbath morning for your class is a little bit early. I am willing to work with you. Are you with me? I am not going to allow time to get in the way. We have so many people here as well in our church who are equipped to lead you on that path to baptism. We'd love to help you. Make sure you reach out to us today in the pews. There's a card like this. On there, you can write on it as well, fill it out, and turn it in to me. And we'll be happy to get in touch with you. Maybe you're looking for a church. You might be here today and you're looking for a home church. You can also fill out one of these. We'll be happy to help you. Let's bow our heads, church family. Father, thank you. Showing a father. Throughout this life, looking at you and, and trying to grasp your form, trying to grasp what you look like, it's something unseen. It's certainly different from what we physically see on this planet. However, we know for sure that you exist and you are for real. When we look at this, this planet, we know that someone must have put this together. Someone must have designed it and make it so beautiful. So we know there's a design a creative designer behind our planet. And so we know you're there. But also to know, Father, that this planet has experienced the, 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 all the ravages of sin. That you did not just leave us to wallow in it without any hope. You gave us your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And he gave his life for us. And so, Father, this is what fills our heart today. To walk by faith. Knowing that Jesus loves us. He has forgiven us. And he's with us. This is what helps us, Father. As we go through life. To know that even though we experience hurt and pain. That there is a hope for us. Because Jesus has said, let your heart not be what? Troubled. He has gone to prepare a place for us and he's coming back again. Hallelujah. And so Father, be with those who are, who are putting it together. Be with those who you are working with now in this sanctuary and those who are watching. Who, who are making this connection with you and wanting to learn more about you. Be with those who are standing today who want to say, Father, I ask for your forgiveness. I ask for a deeper experience with you. May today count. And Father, as we experience again, together as a church family, the partaking of the sacred emblems and also the ordinance of foot washing. 
I pray, Heavenly Father, that we will leave here today with a blessing. A blessing that will be transforming. We'll leave here today better Christians, better disciples. We will leave here today with a measure of faith that will work throughout our lives and impact others. Thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for being with us today. May your blessing be upon us in Jesus' name. Amen.